Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Touchdown, Jalen Hurts. R-E-L-A-X. To the top five NFL fan bases. Top We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank Them, the top five quarterbacks. Welcome back to Kenny and Colin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel Lady. Mark Zeno, Coley Harvey, and for the fellows, presented by Progressive Insurance, say 888-SAY-ESPN, not say 888-888-SAY-ESPN, the phone number, 888-729-3776. want you guys to join in here as uh, we get to more of ranking season here on ESPN Radio. Earlier, I gave my top five quarterbacks. Now, I will turn it over to my partner, Coley Harvey, to rank his top five quarterbacks. And let's see if he can create as much drama <laughs> and as much intrigue as I did. Mark, I really don't think I'm going to create the same intrigue. And I will say before I start, you mentioned that you look at players as they are. You take them away from, your, from their teams, take them out of their uniforms. I'm going to actually go the opposite direction. I think the team matters. The team that the players around matters. So we're going to start off with this might be the most controversy I have at number number five. five. There it is. Yeah, listen to that voice. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Yes, I have him at number five, not number one, (laughs) number five. And the reason is uh, I, I just feel like. This is a quarterback that, yes, can do everything. He can run. He can run over you. He can throw. He can throw over you. But at the same time, he's got some other issues. There's this drama with his number one receiver. What does that mean? It probably means very little at the end of the day, but could that have an impact on things going into this year? Um, I also look at the pieces that he has around him compared to others. That being said, he deserves to be on this list because of his ability, uh, both as a thrower and as a runner. And that's going to uh, also take me to... Number four. Number four, I'm going with Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. And as I teased, another runner and thrower. And I think the reason why uh, he should be on this list is because Jackson is a quarterback who's uh, fallen off a little bit the last couple of years. Sure, his numbers haven't been what they were in 2019 when he was that MVP. However, the pieces around him have gotten better. This is where I start to bring in those other players. He's got receivers for the first time in forever. He's got Odell Beckham Jr. He's got Rashad Bateman, who who hopefully will be healthy for him this year. And he's also got uh, arguably the best receiver in the draft class this past year, Zay Flowers from uh, Boston College. So he's got pieces around him. He's got an offense that he seems to really like that will really fit a little bit more of what he can do, both as a runner and as a thrower. We're probably going to see him throw throw the football a lot more, and people don't give him credit for that arm, but we'll certainly see that uh, this year. Now, moving on. Number three. Number three, you have to have this man on your list, Joe Burrow. 
He has to be on the list, whether it's even higher or any lower. He has to be here, and that's because uh, he has been so solid these past two seasons, and he's been so solid specifically when he's been healthy. It's been when he's been banged up or, or been going through uh, like that appendectomy that he had at the start of the year last year, a slow start for him in 2022, but then he turns it on once he was fully over that. This is a player that has had two 30 touchdown seasons, and he's been doing it behind a really banged-up offensive line that just has not been giving him any kind of help. The Bengals this past offseason, beefing up that line a little bit, adding Orlando Brown. You also have Jonah Williams there and Lael Collins protecting him on those uh, on those two ends, on those two sides. So I, I think that, that Burrow certainly deserves to be in this conversation. He, of course, has the pieces to throw to T. Higgins and, um, and Jamar Chase. Now we're moving on to number two. Number two, I have to have Jalen Hurts on my list. And I know this might be a little high for you because he wasn't even on your list, Mark. But I've got the Eagles quarterback because I do look at Super Bowl. I do think that getting your team to that point matters. It shows that you're a leader of men. It shows uh, uh, that even with arguably the best receiving core in football around you, that you still know how to get the football to the players uh, who, who need to have it in their hands. Also, uh, this is a, a quarterback who has proven it at every level of the game. He he proved it in college, had to transfer from Alabama to Oklahoma, and still proved that he could be a winner there. So uh, so I've got Jalen Hurts high on this list because of his uh, his uh, what he's proven to this stage in his career, again, slow start to his career, but last year showed me something, and I think that the uh, the sky continues to be the limits for Hertz, and that takes us to number one. Number one has to be Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I defended him earlier on the program when you had your list. I, I don't really have much else to say other than he's the best quarterback in the game. He's proven it time and again. I know what we mentioned, you know, if you strip him off his team, put him somewhere else, he came into a great situation. Yes, you're absolutely right. But he's in that situation for a reason, and he's thriving in that situation. He is my number one quarterback. How about that list, Mark? All right. Um Outside of you severely underrating Josh Allen, uh, <laughs> I, I will ask this. I mean, for me, Lamar Jackson is is in the conversation. I don't think you're wrong for putting him anywhere near there. Again, some of the the throwing questions. I mean, I'll put it to you this way: if you are if the Ravens end up down 17 points, do you trust Lamar to throw you back the game? The answer for me is no. I don't. I mean, that's why he's not in my top five. But uh, is Josh Allen always going to be throwing you back in the game in 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 that sense as well with the Bills? Uh yeah. You see what he did to to, to can't remember what he did to Kansas City in the playoff game? Yeah, I mean he he could he could throw you through anything. I don't disagree on Hurts. I just think it's a little soon mm. for me. I need I need a bigger sample size than one great season that he had in Philadelphia. I, I think that, to me, that's the only reason I'd slide him out of the top five right now. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Like I need to see a little bit more from those guys. Mm. I mean, I, I, would, I would have them in the top seven or eight. Both of them would be right there. But I think there, there are legitimate reasons to knock them. Um, the, Justin Herbert, wow. Uh, he didn't even, didn't even make it for didn't you. Didn't make it for you me. Left, you, the, the, he, he, you left he, the French Trevor Lawrence off yourself? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> I asked you about it, but I left him off. I would say that Herbert would probably be number six for me. Again, you know, you mentioned earlier, hey, if we had ten, we could get all of these guys in here, but this is five. Sure. Uh, so, so Herbert just misses it for and me. And we both left Deshaun Watson out. Um, now, if I, I, 
if I pause life at 2020, <laughs> right, <laughs> and you're asking me about the most talented quarterback in the game, he'd probably be in my top three easily. Yeah, absolutely. Easily, if not top two. You know, um, and, and things have changed. I don't know that I'm ever going to see that guy again. And until I do, I can't, you know, if you're asking me in a vacuum, pure talent, which is sort of more of what my list is, is he right there? Yes, I think he is. I just don't know if that same player still exists. The same. Uh, I, I will say another player that we both left off who, you know, maybe deserves to be in this top five. I, I don't think he deserves to be in top five right now. I think he might change that don't this season. Don't you do it. I, I think he could change it this season. Tua Tagovailoa. No. No? Why not? Go. If you would have said Justin Fields, I would have believed you. But no, <laughs> I, I, I have Justin Fields rated higher than Tua, at least on my board, as they say. <laughs> Speaking of boards... Uh, a guy who does draft stuff for, for ESPN, he's an NFL reporter, Jeff Darlington. We're going to get to him in a minute because he had some qualms with my list. Now, your list was uh, your list was Allen, Jackson, Burrow, Hurts, and Mahomes from five down to one. My list from five down to one, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. So Harry Douglas already took umbrage with me leaving Patrick Mahomes out of the top spot. Apparently, Jeff Darlington or ESPN NFL reporter, somehow got a hold of my list and also wants to take some shots at me for doing so. Here is Jeff. Patrick Mahomes will get my preseason MVP vote as long as he is healthy going into the season every year from now until 2030, without question. Put me down. Patrick Mahomes, MVP, every year from now to 2030. What is the argument? You know what, Jeff? Actually, just stop. Jeff, stop Jeff, for can, a second, can we, Jeff. Can we give We're going to play it for you. Josh Allen. Size, speed, durability. This is why I put him over Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a little bit frail. We see Patrick Mahomes get injured all. Josh Allen ain't getting injured unless he runs into a brick wall on purpose. But another guy with a cannon arm, just love everything he brings. <laughs> what? Wait, Josh Allen did that. Didn't Josh Allen hurt his elbow last season? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he played half the season with a partially torn UCL in his right elbow. He is not frail, nor is Patrick. Patrick Mahomes, it, uh, it, if you stood next to Patrick Mahomes, I understand Josh Allen is a beast, but I think people are underestimating Patrick Mahomes' size. Okay, so, it, we're, 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 I mean, because he hurt his throwing elbow? I, I want to take umbrage with this whole thing, okay? And I'd like to fire some some shots back here, and especially to about Harry Douglas, who complained that was a about great the way laugh by Harry, by the way, uh, who complained about the way that Josh Allen played in the playoff game up in uh, in Buffalo against uh, against Cincinnati. Might I remind you, Harry that Peyton Manning at one point completed forty eight percent of his passes and threw four picks in a game against New England in a playoff game. Peyton Manning once lost to the Jets in the playoffs, 41 to nothing. Like, what is the metric we are using here to grade quarterbacks? I, I'm not disagreeing with Jeff's assessment that, that Patrick Mahomes should be a preseason favorite to win the MVP every year. I, I, I don't, that's not what the question was. The question was, is who are the top five quarterbacks in this league? I don't disagree with the idea of Patrick Mahomes being a preseason favorite to win the award every year. Of course it is. And from a gambling perspective, that makes the most sense. Of course he's going to be the preseason favorite every year. But again, we're not talking about that. I am sitting here merely saying that Josh Allen, as a quarterback, to me, from a talent perspective, is a hair above Patrick Mahomes. 
And I think I've articulated quite clearly why that is the case. You have. You have. I... (laughs) I just I I don't know. To me, you just have to again. We'll, it goes to the metrics, as you said. What do you? What is it the does. evaluation I, I, for you as a as whoever you are, not just you? Me, I just or think whoever, we're putting but. too many other things yeah. into the equation that aren't part of it. I mean, in rea- Josh Allen, we there, there's a 100 percent fair argument, as I said earlier, that Josh Allen should have beaten. Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't his fault that his coach is a moron and his defense <laughs> stinks with 13 seconds left. That's not Josh Allen had nothing to do with that. Nothing. He did everything he was supposed to do to make his team win that game. And yet we're sitting here going, well, look how he played in the playoffs in one game. What a ridiculous, flawed argument. Again, Mark Sanchez won plenty of playoff games against better quarterbacks. Are we sitting here trying to say that Mark Sanchez is a bet? Like, don't bring the playoff game argument into this whole thing because you're going to be on the wrong end of it every time. But is it every that, time? That's what it's about, though. It's about winning in the postseason, right? Is it? Because that's not the question we asked. You didn't ask me yeah, who I want yeah, to start a playoff game. Okay. You didn't ask me that. You asked me who I thought okay. the five best quarterbacks in the okay. league were. So before okay. you start bringing other things into the conversation, let's be clear about what we're asking here. Mm. I didn't say Josh Allen was the quarterback I'd pick to start a playoff game. Okay. That wasn't the question you asked me. That's fair. Because I, I would move him down on that list if that's the question you're asking me. I certainly would have I, – I th- I, Mahomes would be above him, and I think Burrow would be above him. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't make that list, by the way. Aaron Rodgers does not have a great playoff track record, right? We've seen that regardless. So that's not the question you're asking. Who are the top five quarterbacks in this league based off of talent and talent alone and what they bring from a talent perspective and the things that they can do at the position with a football in their hand? Josh Allen, for me, is at the top. All right, Mark. So uh, that all being said, I've got one question for you. Who's the quarterback coming into this season that you think has the most on the line? I mean, Dak is the easy, lazy answer. Mm-hmm. And I only say that because it's Dallas and they haven't won anything in a quarter century and whatever combination of Dak and Mike McCarthy and C.D. Lamb and wide receivers and running backs, whatever it is, you know, it's Dallas, so they have to. Um, I mean, I would tell you that as much as I believe in these guys from a talent perspective, I, I think two of the guys I put at the top of my list really would be Herbert and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are playing; those two guys are playing in a conference with the three big dogs, right? Uh, prove to me how you can get over the hump and insert yourself into that conversation. Because, you know, as much as I love Herbert and I think the world of his talent and everything else, and I, he's high on the list, and even even though I sort of downgraded Trevor Lawrence – they're not in that conversation of the big three. They're not the big three yet. They haven't worked it. Those guys have to work their way in. And if you want to live life in the AFC for the next seven to ten years or until 2030, as Jeff Darlington said, you got to beat those guys. That's yeah. going to be the measuring stick, right? Like, it, 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 that's really what it boils down to. I mean, it, you know, everybody else in the NFC, I don't think it matters because the NFC isn't very good. Right. Other than the Eagles, the NFC, and the Niners – but offensively, the Niners might right. you know, be whatever. But to me, isn't, isn't that a two-horse race in the NFC? Like, And then there's a clear gap between everybody else. Oh, most definitely. Do you want to put Dallas in that conversation? I, there, there is no bloodbath to get through in the NFC. In the AFC, so that's why I would go to those guys. I mean, I think Russell Wilson done. How much could Sean Payton resurrect him? 
Sean Payton is an incredible coach, one of the best to ever do it. I consider and have an argument with you that Drew Brees shouldn't even have anything he has. It should all be given to Sean Payton. He deserves all the credit, and Drew Brees deserves none of it. I can have that conversation with you. Well, that's but I, I mean, can he do that for Russell Wilson? I don't know the answer to that. But all of that together, I, I still think that Herbert and Lawrence, if they want to insert themselves into the conversation of legitimate quarterbacks in this league, they've got to have seasons where they show you that they belong in that conversation. You know, I'm going to stay in the AFC, excuse me, AFC conference and answer that question on my own. And I'm actually going to go back to my list as well. I think Lamar Jackson has the most on the Good line. Enough. And the yeah. reason why is because yeah. we've kind of used these, I don't even want to use the word excuses, but in a way that's kind of what they are, right? Um, uh, you know, he doesn't have receivers around him. Oh, the offense isn't really catered to him. They keep tweaking things too much that doesn't really fit what he can do. Well, he's got an offense now that it seems like he really does like. Uh, he's got receivers now that he seems like he's going to enjoy throwing the ball to. So he really has zero room for error, so to speak, this season. So he's got to be able to prove that all those quote-unquote excuses that I just rattled off, that they are behind him. So to me, uh, it, it's Lamar Jackson, uh, and it's, it's just got to be that yeah. he proves that he, can, uh, that he can pass with these receivers, that he can still run when he has to, but be more strategic in the way that he feels like he really, uh, really is as a runner. And Coley, he's also got the moniker and the label that we're giving to Josh Allen. Well, can't get it done in the playoffs. Can't get yeah. it done. Like, that's yeah. the worst one to get because it doesn't leave you until you do it. Yep. We create this narrative around him. I mean, funny, I know he got to a Super Bowl. And, oh, by the way, he should have never gotten there. <laughs> but uh, Joe Burrow got to a Super Bowl. But yet we're sitting there saying, well, he didn't win the big one. I mean, that, that, that'll that be the conversation surrounding Burrow if he doesn't get back to a Super Bowl. Or you know, I mean, you know, we're going to create these narratives. But That's what we do. I, I, yeah, I, I guess. I would just say repeatedly, I, I don't. that's why I don't want to bring that into the conversation personally. But I agree with you with Lamar. He now has everything that he, he supposedly never had before to be able to win. Uh, and, and he's got an OC now in Todd Munkin that you know uh, may be able to elevate him. It's going to be interesting to see if Todd Munkin's offense translates in the NFL. You're not playing Tennessee. You ain't playing Missouri. You're not even playing Alabama. No. <laughs> You're playing different guys who are a lot faster, and I don't know if it's going to work. Uh, it may. I mean, you know, Munkin's been in the NFL before, so he went back to college and then come back to the NFL. So we, we will absolutely see if it, uh, it, it works for him. But it's going to be fun. Again, I'm glad your list was a lot more tame and, you know, in line <laughs> with the average man. I tend to break ranks from time to time. I love and, it, man. You know, I, I need to do that more often, huh? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Harry Douglas. I'm coming for you next, okay? Don't you worry about it. Laugh at me like that. All right, coming up next, Ken Pete Alonzo joined Ken Griffey Jr. as a three-time home run derby champion. We'll discuss it next. It's Coley Harvey and Mark Zeno in for Kenny and Colin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Deep out into right center. It's out by the wall, and that one is out of here. Otani has just hit home run number 32 of the season. And the Yankees go into the All-Star break on a dispiriting 7-4 defeat to the Chicago Cubs. And the Yankees have now dropped out of the wild card spot. The Mets' 42nd loss of the year is their most horrific as the Mets' bullpen melts down. Welcome back to Kenny and Carl on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series 6M Channel 80. Mark Zeno, Coley Harvey in for the fellows this afternoon. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, the phone number 888-729-3776. Make sure you guys tune in for Major League Baseball's Home Run Derby as the game's best sluggers vibe for long ball supremacy. Coverage begins tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And let's go out to Seattle right now. As Doug Glanville, ESPN MLB analyst, joins us here, and Doug will be on the call tonight. Doug, a good afternoon, and welcome. Thanks for being here. How's everything out in the Pacific Northwest? Oh, wow. I mean, it is, um, it's, it's electric out here. Fans are already filing in. They're excited about the Derby, and uh, it's, been a, it's almost like a family reunion of baseball history, right? <laughs> so I'm just running into Dave Winfield and, and just all the legends, but also a lot of the the future. So it's kind of fun to watch the generations collide like that, all of us sharing a love for the game. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, you, you have a, a home run derby coming up in a ballpark that's not meant to hit a lot of home runs in. Safeco is a wide yep. expanse field. Uh, do you have your eye on anybody tonight for a, a, the longest home run? Who do you think wins this thing? Where are you going? Well, I'm going, you know, Julio Rodriguez, it's hard to deny the hometown hero and especially given what he did last season, 
You know, I got to call it last year in L.A., and he just had, you know, prodigious power. So the, the conditions, as you mentioned, or the fact that it's a tough ballpark is not going to matter, especially as a right-handed batter. And my, my curiosity is whether he creates a better strategy because he kind of ran out at the end, and Juan Soto took the title last year. So strategically, he has all the talent and the pop, and he showed he could hit him in streaks. But will he have enough at the end? I say he makes the adjustments from a year ago and finishes the goal. Hey, Doug, uh, Coley Harvey here, and I, I like that uh, that point there about Julio Rodriguez. I'm actually wearing a, uh, a King Griffey Jr. shirt today just because I'm in the mood with the Derby being back in Seattle. So uh, so I'll obviously looking forward to it tonight myself. But I want to switch gears and ask you about the teams, the teams that are playing both in the first half and, and going in the second half, and specifically the Yankees and Mets. We just kind of heard the, the teases of the calls where both teams are kind of sliding in the opposite direction right now than what they'd like to be. What do you think uh, happens for them both at the trade deadline? Well, they, they have to be players. I mean, you know, the Yankees have shown that, you know, there's plenty of times this year they've been 10 games over 500. They're right there. The Rays have slowed down. Granted, they started off like ridiculous. So they, they know they're in it. They have the pitching. They have the ability to stop runs, run prevent. And obviously with the hitting change, with the hitting coach, they making moves to recognize the offense has really been the source of problems. It's a problem for any team that loses Aaron Judge. And, and even without Judge, they were pretty close to 500. They didn't play horribly, but they got to play better. So I see them as still a, a, a key contender in a, in a tough division. And keep in mind, being in the whatever division you're in, no matter how tough it is, there's less games this year against your opponents than ever before because of the balanced schedule. You're not playing... 19 games against your division rival anymore. Mm. You're playing a lot less because of the interleague. So with that, they're, they're in a good position. And look, the Mets, they just put in too much money to give up. You know, they're just like, you know, unless the numbers until they're like mathematically, I, I say that they're going to keep making moves. Because if you blow this up after this payroll, then it just sounds like almost reconstruction. I mean, you have to rebuild. And I don't think that's exactly the direction they'd like to go. But they're expecting big things because they put the money where their mouth was, and it just has not worked up so far this year. Doug Glanville, ESPN Major League Baseball analyst, live from Safeco Field, site of tonight's Home Run Derby. He'll be on the call for the Home Run Derby on ESPN Radio, uh, T-Mobile Field. Sorry, what did I say? Safeco, it's it's still (laughs) using the old field. They they change names so quickly I can't keep up anymore. (laughs) Doug, you mentioned the Mets spending a ton of money. Padres spent a ton of money as well. I think they're starting to turn it around. They've been playing a different brand of baseball. The lineup is starting to click over the last three-plus weeks here. You know, as much as you can add at the deadline, I I just think this team is ready right now to make a run and get back in that NL playoff picture. Do you agree? I agree. I mean, you know, all season long, I mean, we know they made the moves and they have four of the incredible players that are the top of their order. Machado was out, and he was not productive or hurt. Started to get some flashes of getting back. So him getting... Very hot in the second half is, is pivotal because Soto's been Soto and Tatis Jr. has come back in a pretty strong flourish. Assets to the team. And I see them absolutely make a run. They just, you know, they have the pitching on paper. They just had a execution issues and combining those things getting hot again, they're going to be a team to beat. The Dodgers aren't quite, they're still great, but they're still like beatable as they thought the Padres knocked them out last season. And the Diamondbacks are considerably better and doing well. Uh, the question is, you know, what moves are the Diamondbacks going to make to try to hold that position? 
I'm going to stick in the uh, National League with you here. And two of the most exciting teams to me in the first half were the Braves and the Reds. Of course, Ellie De La Cruz is the real reason why the Reds are so exciting. Ooh, but um, incredible, yeah, right. What uh, what gives you belief that both teams can kind of sustain what they did in the first half uh, as they go through the second half? Uh, look, the Braves are just phenomenal, and they're just run so well. They have an extremely brave mm. front office in baseball ops and Alex Antopoulos, who makes the decision for the Braves. He is unafraid. I mean, he traded for four outfielders when they won the World Series. He has no qualms about making the move, and he's, he's brilliant at it, and he's tireless at it. So that's what always gives me confidence, the fact that the Braves are already excellent they have talent. They have pitchers that still need to get healthy. That's the scary thing. They're not even at mm. full strength. And they've rattled off just a epically historic run here on how good they've been. And with the Phillies being okay, the Mets struggled. You know, they, they start to look like they're on an island by themselves, even with the Marlins playing well. So I see them not slowing down. If anything, just getting a small piece to maybe solidify the bullpen. So they're just legit. And, and I think going into spring training, I think I picked them to win the World Series, though. So. I feel like there's no, no real shock there. Uh, but, you, you know, would you look at the other side with the red? Wow. Wow. I saw them at Wrigley Field this year over a series, mm-hmm. and you saw the young talent, and they, they beat up on the Cubs, and you were wondering, maybe this team is ready to make a run. And they did. And then I found out there's this guy, Ellie, <laughs> who's not even in the big leagues. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> they have more? And these guys are young. They're fun. They're aggressive. They're exciting. And if they pitch at all, you know, they're going to continue to make noise in a division that isn't that strong. But Alejandro Cruz is just historic. I mean, he's, he's been up like 30 games. And he's, you know, I was trying to figure out, he's probably done more stuff, great, amazing things that I did in my entire, like, nine-year <laughs> career in, like, 30 days. It's crazy. He has four hit games. He's hit for the cycle. He's hit a ball, like, out of the stadium. He stole home. I mean, the guy's just, uh, uh, just such an exciting player. So that's going to be fun. And the Reds are a lot of fun. Real quick, Doug, 30 seconds left here. Your level of concern about the Tampa Bay Rays, I looked this up. They scored 195 runs in the first month. They've only scored 301 runs since. Are you concerned about the Rays? I'm not concerned. They, they, they're a team that is often built to win close games and built through efficiency. So if they don't get quite the offense, they can pivot to being a run prevention team. That's why they're so good. They, they make the most out of little. And usually you don't get a lot of offense out of that. They have this year. But you still have Wander Franco. You still have Randy Orozarena. This is an extremely talented team that can beat you a lot of ways. And they'll find other ways to win ballgames. Maybe not at the pace the first month of the season, but they're still going to win a lot of ballgames. On Twitter, at Doug Glanville, ESPN's Major League Baseball Analyst, live in Seattle. He'll be on the call tonight for the Home Run Derby right here on ESPN Rito. Doug, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Pleasure. Coming up next, our play of the night. I will give you my picks for the Home Run Derby, plus one other way to play tonight's Home Run Derby from a betting perspective. That's next. Coley Harvey, Mark Zeno in for Kenny and Colin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. 
your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. Welcome back. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Mark Zeno, Coley Harvey with you guys. Wrapping things up here on this Monday as we get set for Major League Baseball's Home Run Derby later on tonight, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. The 2023 Home Run Derby will be a hot ticket. Hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Get great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. Hot, hot ticket tonight for the Home Run Derby. Okay. Now, I'll give you my, I will give you one play I have for tonight, and then I will give you, after you announce your winners, I will give you my two winners, Coley. Here we All go. Right. Uh, I am calling for a first-round upset by Adley Rushman over Luis Robert Jr., who is the top seed going into this home run tournament, the way they set the brackets up, and Adley Rushman is the eight seed. So Luis Robert Jr., the top one, Adley Rushman, the bottom. Why am I calling for the upset here? Now, both of these guys are first-timers, okay? Robert is a guy who's not traditionally been like a home run hitter throughout his career. I mean, he doubled his home run total from last year already. He's got 26. He only had 13 of all last year. But for me, Rushman, since he's been in the bigs, he is that guy, Coley, that is never phased by the moment. He never looks uncomfortable, never looks like the moment is too big, always relaxed, always just very smooth and effortless. I think Larice Robert Jr. is going to want to put on a show. He's got the pressure of the top seed there. And Rushman can just go out and do his thing. Now, I wouldn't back Rushman to win this thing. Why? A catcher has never won it. Oh, by the way, a switch hitter has never won it solely. Ruben Sierra tied Eric Davis way back in 1989. But, so, I don't know which side of plate Rushman is going to hit from. I assume it would be the right, because it's easier to hit home runs at T-Mobile. Sorry, Safeco, long gone. <laughs> um, but, so, I like him to upset him in the first round. It doesn't matter whether it's 9-8, to eight, whether it's 20-19. to 19. All he's got to do is have one home, more home run than Luis Robert Jr. So, I like Adley Rushman to pull off the upset. Thoughts? Well, and this is the other thing about that is his dad 
is going to pitch to him tonight. You know, we always have those kind of fun moments where it's a dad or a, a coach that that really gave that player their start. That's where the story just takes off. And so maybe uh, maybe Rushman's dad knows how to groove it just right for him as a right-handed hitter. Uh, if he does indeed bet right, I'm n- I'm not sure either. I think we're just going to be surprised tonight uh, to see what side of the plate that he hits on. Um, I, I like that pick, but in terms of winning the whole thing, I mean that, that's the that's the big question on home run derby night, right? Who wins the enchilada? I'm going Pete Alonso. He's he's going to pull off the three Pete uh, just because he's proven in these situations. He loves this moment. He likes this stage, and I mean the Mets right now they're not playing for anything, so this is kind of his World Series for the year, so to speak. He's going to show up and show out. Unfortunately, in the first round. He's going head-to-head against Julio Rodriguez, who I really think Julio's going to put on a show because it's in Seattle, in the, t- in the city where he plays. But Pete Alonso is ultimately going to win this thing. All right, real quick, I have wagers on Adolis Garcia and Randy Rosarena to win the whole thing. But from home run bombs to a news bomb here from Pete Thamel, uh, Northwestern has fired head coach Pat Fitzgerald. Wow. This was com- look, this was coming. Man. Again, we talked about earlier, there was a very small window – where Northwestern could get back to where they were with everything intact the way it was and sort of appease a majority of the people. And they weren't going to get there. And at this point in time, because they didn't handle it right the first time, they left themselves no other out than this. Yeah. Right? Uh, Again, if they would have went back to, and you're an alumnus, if they would have went back to initially... Until further notice, you should have no contact with the school, the university, the football team, football players, anything, until further notice. If they would have went down that road, they had a chance to figure out a way and a strategy to bring them back. When you gave the soft suspension out of season, you basically just told everybody, we're sweeping this under the rug, and now new, new information comes out, Coley, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this is my, my first thought when I think about this is I, I think about my senior year. It was this time of year uh, under much different circumstances when Pat Fitzgerald took over as head coach. Uh, Unfortunately, his predecessor, Randy Walker, passed at the end of July, and um, Fitzgerald was an assistant on staff. He got elevated into head coach um, with, you know, essentially weeks before the start of preseason camp. And now Northwestern is going to be looking for its next coach since then. I mean, we're going... Uh, gosh, that was what uh, about 16 years ago now that uh, that Fitzgerald was there. Uh, now Northwestern is going to be needing a new head coach. I'm not sure where they're going to turn uh, if they're going to turn internally or figure out who's out there externally. Um, but uh, first and foremost, my thoughts with the players who uh, certainly felt as if they had to come forward. Um, you know, it's good on them that they were heard, but it's also. Uh, and a sh- uh, it's a shame that Northwestern did have this moment where it had egg on its face, where, to what you just said, did not decide to say, hey, let's just make this an indefinite suspension right now, um, decided to say, hey, we're going to give him two weeks off. Uh, the head coach gave him two weeks off while it's in the dead of the summer. Nothing else is going on. Um, at the end of the day, I, you know, it, it pains me to have to see this as an alum. But it also does make me feel like the right thing probably did happen here because, uh, again, in these situations, it seems like wherever the buck stops, and it's the head coach first and foremost, wherever it stops, there have to be changes. And um, 
And uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, Let me ask you a question real quick. How much other cleaning house do they have to do, Coley? I I, I, mean, th- I think if this one is where coach it is. is responsible by theory. A lot of them could be responsible. Yeah, well, and that's that's going to be where can you prove that other assistants had knowledge or were participating in some way? And and this is the thing. Going back to the story that the Daily Northwestern, the the student paper at Northwestern, going back to the story that they broke, um, you know, there were uh, there was evidence that Pat Fitzgerald may have been participating in, in at least signs of of what players would do to say, hey, this is a player who needs to have this extracurricular punishment of, you know, that we've been the harassment that we've been talking about. Fitzgerald may have been keyed into that and was participating in that. That's according to that report. And so that's where this may also be part of what this punishment is. Can you prove assistance doing that that same way? That's where the uh, the, the that, that's where that's going to have to be proven in order to see if any other punishments come. More on this topic coming up next on Joe and Amber. And, of course, we've got the 2023 Home Run Derby coming up here tonight right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Brother, it's been great working with you today. Yes, Certainly sir, you appreciate too. appreciate all you guys tuning in. So for Cole Harvey, Mark Zinner here, Shannon Penn, everybody behind the scenes, great show. Joe and Amber coming up next right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.